carrying on this theme of, of bringing ourselves this morning in worship to where God can show us who he made us to be. Um, we're going to pray a prayer from the Old Testament. Um, whether you feel wonderful this morning or not, it is the truth of Scripture that when God sees you, he sees something wonderful that he made. And he left us a prayer in the form of Psalm 139 to help us uh, in our worship try to see that with him and, and lay ourselves before him and say, make me into this person that you see. So uh, I will read this prayer, this ancient prayer from the Psalms, and then there'll be a part that's not from the Psalm, but uh, that we will read together. So let's, uh, let's enter into prayer through the scriptures. Oh Lord, you search me and know me. You yourself know my resting and my rising. You discern my thoughts from afar. You mark when I walk or lie down. You know all my ways through and through. Before ever a word is on my tongue, you know it, O Lord, through and through. Behind and before you besiege me. Your hand ever laid upon me. And now we'll pray um, a prayer that Dan shared with us during Lent. And we'll pray this together. I let go of my need for security and survival. Welcome, come Holy Spirit, whom shall I fear? I let go of my need for approval and affection. Welcome, come Holy Spirit, only you, Lord. I let go of my need for power and control. Welcome, come Holy Spirit, I bend my knee to you. We'll finish reading these words over us from the psalm again. Too wonderful for me, this knowledge. Too high beyond my reach. Oh, where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your face? If I climb the heavens, you are there. If I lie down in the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of dawn or dwell at the sea's furthest end, even there your hand would lead me. Your right hand would hold me fast. It doesn't say it, but let's read this together. Oh, search me, God, and know my heart. Oh, test me and know my thoughts. See that my path is not wicked and lead me in the way everlasting. Well, everyone, we are on a spiritual journey as a congregation. Always, always. And uh, this three years of this journey together, we have been calling fearless and to give us some signposts along the way, we put three titles under it, Give, Gather, Go. It's a three-year journey about understanding the power of God, feeling the power of God, being touched by the power of God in our lives. And this year, we're focusing on that middle phrase, gathering. And this morning, we are focusing on a particular type of gathering when we gather to serve. When we come together to serve in the ministry of the church. So months ago, our pastor Dan introduced us to an ancient idea um, that was discovered so early in Christian history, its exact origins aren't uh, now recorded, but um, it's, the, it's the centers of spirituality, the head, the heart, the gut. Some of you remember this and, and some may not. So 
all of us, uh, none of them is better than the other. They're just three different ways that God makes people. And all of us evidently operate primarily out of one of these centers. Now, I want to bring it to crash in together this morning because I want to say that for all of you who serve in the ministry of Christ, uh, you probably do it because of something coming out of this center. And also, for all of you who don't yet serve in the ministry of the church, it is also coming out of this center. Now, which one you are, you may not know, but I do believe, just as we discuss it this morning, you will feel it inside you as certain ones are discussed. I believe you will know by, by the end. So, um, to help explain that, I want to first discuss, for those of you who are not serving, reasons you may not be serving. And if you're a head person, uh, we'll start there. Why would a head person not yet be serving? So this morning, we have an opportunity where you can serve middle school kids. Uh, middle schoolers for our church are uh, fifth through eighth grade, just the way we divide it up here. And there's lots of things you can do there, but one of them is uh, be a group leader or an assistant group leader. So we divide the middle school kids up by grade level and by gender. So seventh grade girls, seventh grade boys, fifth grade girls, fifth grade boys. They each have a group leader. What this group leader does is it helps, them get, helps the kids gather together when it's time to start, uh, and then listens to the kids' highs and lows for the week. Really a kind listening ear. Help kids think about what has been going on in their life, and maybe, maybe help them see God in it. Uh, when it's time for them to go to their stations where they learn the Bible and so forth, the group leader helps make sure they get there. You know, no one gets lost as they move about the building. So this is what a group leader, assistant group leader does. Now, there are people who are not going to go for that. And if you're a head person, here is how you might be thinking. A head person would hear that and say, that is a nice description, but it's vague for me. I don't have enough information. I don't feel like after hearing that, I really understand what's expected of me. I don't understand exactly what I would be doing. And I do not, under any circumstances, want to get up there and feel incompetent. So I'm not going to get involved. Other head people hear that description I gave and they think, you know what? I just cannot stop picturing in my mind all the things that would go wrong if I did that. I can just see in my head right now me and a group of preteens with really bad behaviors. I can picture in my head right now that I don't know enough Bible to do this and I'm going to look dumb. Even though they said you don't need to know the Bible to be a group leader, you learn it all together, I know that people lie about that sort of thing just to get you involved. I've been fooled before. In fact, some people will say, I bet there's things to be afraid of up there that I haven't even thought of yet because I don't know enough about it. So it's just safer to not to. Um, other head folks will hear that and think, actually, that sounds neat. That sounds fun. But what if it's not? I bet once you sign up and get involved, it's hard to get out of. And I try to travel as much as I can on the weekends, and I don't need to be tied down to something like that on a Sunday. So how many of you kind of resonate with a, a head person's way of thinking and, avo and avoiding Heart people. You might think, oh, heart people, they probably serve everything. Um, but no, heart people have their ways of, of dodging and not getting involved too. So, so we have a coffee bar ministry, right? And everyone involved in that coffee bar from the top to the bottom is, uh, is volunteer. From the person who orders the supplies, goes, picks them up at Costco, stocks it up, volunteer. Person who makes all that coffee and serves those donuts, also volunteers. People who clean it up afterward, 
so that when the health inspector comes, and he does come, he can put the stamp of approval on that and say, this is a safe place to get coffee and donuts from. All those people are volunteer. So it's a centerpiece of our community out there. But there's people who still aren't going to do it, not even once a month. And heart people kind of avoid for reasons like this. A heart people would hear that and think, you know what? I bring unique things to the church. I bring unique skills. I bring some unique talents. And uh, I'm not sure that a coffee bar is just the best use of who I am. I'm not sure that would really be me. Other heart people would hear that and say, I get I get that that is a centerpiece of community. I can see the energy of it. I understand the importance of food and such, but I'm not sure that my handing out coffee and donuts would be the maximum contribution I could make. That, that of who I am, that would be the most value I could put into the church. I might be somebody who could market the coffee bar. I could organize the coffee bar. I could make it more efficient, but to, to just hand out coffee and donuts? Meh. Other heart people say, I'm... It's nice, it's nice, but I'm looking for a more human need. I'm looking for people who really have an, an, a needy and a neediness in their soul. And, and someone like me could come and help them in a way that they would uh, be grateful for. I mean, really deeply touched by and make a real difference and that, and that they would uh, be thankful for that contribution I made in the end. So who finds yourself thinking more like a heart person? as you think about what you're going to do and not do. Well, if you haven't heard yet, uh, maybe you're a gut person. Gut people have entirely different reasons um, for, for not being involved. So this morning, we could use some folks in early childhood to help with registration. So that's early childhood, you know, birth through preschool, um, nervous time, especially for parents when that's their oldest kid, and nervous time for the kids. So to have a, someone there to help them get checked in, find their way through the computer, they give a sticker, they put a sticker on the back of the kids, sticker on the parents, make sure everybody gets what belongs to them at the end of the service. Um, also, assure parents, yes, they're definitely going to cry because of separation anxiety, but, pr- but probably they'll stop five minutes after you go on and worship. If they don't, I promise you, we'll put their number up on the screen and you can go rescue them. So go and worship, and, and these things are normal and they'll work themselves out. So very important uh, ministry to, to those parents and also to those kids. And yet, as important as it is, there's folks who are not going to do it. And if you're a gut person, it probably sounds something like this. First of all, if you're a gut person, you're already a little bit sad and angry for this church this morning. Because you're like, what's with all the psychobabble? And who are these people? I don't really care for the way that they think. It sounds really corrupt to me. Um, Also, I don't like the idea that you're going to be hanging labels on everybody. Is everybody in the church really just going to get three labels? This whole church service has probably already felt like, you know, punches in the stomach. So, you know, don't try to hang green intestines on me, says the gut person. Um, I'll tell you why I'm not serving. It's because you gave that nice description about stickers and all that. Well, uh, who's buying the stickers? Who's loading the stickers in the printer? I heard there was computers. Who's keeping all the computers working? To me, as a gut person, I'm not a gut person, but if I were, to me, as a gut person, that sounds like a team, and I have learned in my life you can't rely on a team to come through and do what they're supposed to do. So I know for a fact that I'm going to be the one loading the sticker machine and fixing the computers and doing all of it, and I don't like to get taken advantage of like that. So no thank you. Other types of gut people are doing this this morning. Oh, man. I hate these Sundays. 
I, I hate the pressure. I hate everyone's so worked up. And what I've learned is that if I can just kind of put up an imaginary shield and sit here in my seat and just kind of duck down, <laughs> this will pass. I know the church just doesn't have time to preach about this every Sunday. So if I just kind of do this for one or two Sundays, it'll go away. And that works really well for me. Other gut people are saying, you know what, I can tell us the right thing to do. Parents with that age, kids, someone to show love to those kids at an early age, it is right. It is the right thing to do. And I would sign up for the right thing to do, but here's what happens. I get in there, and I get started, and I immediately begin to see the safety standards really aren't up to what they should be. The, the, the ways they're dealing with those kids aren't super age-appropriate, and so I politely just try to fix it. And here's what always happens to me. No one's listening. No matter how politely I try to explain what's not right, no one's listening to me. And when no one listens to me, I get angry. And when I get angry, I embarrass myself. And I don't like to be angry. And I don't like to embarrass myself. So it's just better for everyone, as noble as it is, if I just don't get involved. All right. How many of you this morning are resonating with being a head person? And those types of thinking. Yes. How many of you are resonating with being a heart person? You felt more of that kind of bent. Good. How many of you resonate more with the gut person's way of seeing things? All right, I apologize. Um, <laughs> how many of you feel like I need more information than that? It's just not clear. I'd like to hear a little bit more. I don't follow yet. Okay, that's fine. More information is coming. But if we get halfway through this, I just want you to go ahead and think of yourself as a head person. Because that, that's... <laughs> That's what head people do. There's n I'm never going to give you enough information. So if about five, ten minutes you're still unclear, just start listening to the head part, okay? All right. Now, the elders of this church and the witness of Scripture says that it is good for followers of Jesus to serve one another. It is good for us to pull together and make communities called churches to live this life together. So we call everyone to serve. However... I want to warn you, there are some bad reasons to serve. There are some dangerous ways to start where serving actually will um, be uh, a negative thing for your spiritual journey. So I want to warn you about some reasons, some dangerous reasons to serve that come out of these centers that go bad. So if I'm a head person and I uh, try to answer that call um, to be the early childhood registration... It's going to go badly if I'm coming because, ooh, this will be like a science experiment, and I can just sit back and study the church. I'll sign up for the team, and then I'll stand at the back of the room, and I'll just watch what everyone does, and that would be so interesting to me. This is a bad way to start, head person, um, because the church needs you to engage and participate, not just to be an observer stuck on the back wall. Um, other head people will say, hey, I do what the pastor says. I do what the elders say. Pastor says to serve. That's what the church is about. I'm going to serve. Okay, this is actually not a good way to start. Um, it gets it done. And if I were a cult leader, you would all be this type of head person. But the church actually needs people who serve at the call of God, not serve because of an authority figure. Because someday you're going to be mad at me. And then what's going to happen? All right, so we need to be serving the call of God. Other head people are sitting here thinking, this sounds awesome. I'm going to sign up. 
All I need is for them to work it around my travel schedule, and I need them to work it around the other three teams that I also signed up for, because they all sounded so good, and I don't know which one I picked, so I just picked them all. And as long as they can figure it out, my schedule, then I'm free to serve. God can bring you clarity about who you are through serving, but not if you're gonna take a scattergun, be involved in everything at 5% approach. So if you're a head person, you're probably already like, oh, yeah, I was going to do one of those. So um, watch it. Watch it. Those are bad reasons to serve, and it's not going to go well. Heart people also have some particular temptations and dangers. So those of you who stuck your hand up for heart person, watch out for thinking, okay, I'm going to get in there. I love that Hope Center announcement that was done at the beginning, and now I can go where there's a real need, and I can serve people who are truly in need, and they will be grateful. I will change their life so much they will be grateful and show me gratitude, and if you're starting out with these types of thoughts, even subconsciously, you're going to head into major disappointment. Because what the Lord really needed was folks who would serve the least of these without needing to have gratitude gushed on them. Other heart folks, watch out for sitting here, and this is what I do. You're imagining yourself serving. You're thinking, oh man, I got this. I am going to be good at this. I'm going to be God's superhero. I'm going to bring the contribution that is going to turn this thing around. And I'll be remembered as one of the great ones. All right? (laughs) Watch it watch it. The Lord needs someone who can serve without needing to make the ministry all about me and all about my epic achievements so that after I've made my contribution, and it will be a good one, heart people can get it done, but if the church does well, I don't take credit for it. And if the church doesn't do well, I don't take the blame for it. Okay, this is, this is important. Uh, other heart people will have this temptation. Okay, I'll serve. And I know it's going to be a huge torment. I know it's going to be very painful, and there I'll be, and no one will notice my uniqueness and my contribution, and I'll be at the bottom of the stack like I always am. Okay, the church doesn't need that kind of wallowing, self-pity, and melancholy. It can't all be just about us, heart people, all right? So watch, watch for those things. Gut people. I'm not a gut person, so I'm not complimenting myself when I say this, but honestly, in, in my experience and many others, uh, gut people don't tend to do things for the wrong reason. True story, gut people tend to gravitate toward doing the right thing for the right reason. Gut people, your problem is gonna be what happens when your unmanaged emotions come into ministry. It's what you do to other people on your team that's gonna be a problem. So, Uh, Gut people, here's what you want to watch out for. Watch out for saying, okay, I'll sign up for the team and then I'm going to specialize in invisibility. I am am nobody special. I am not going to be noticed. I'm just going to sit and I'm going to let all this energy and ministry swirl around me and I'm going to be plain Jane. And then I'm going to be angry when no one notices. You know what I mean? I'm going to be invisible and then I'm going to be mad when no one notices. I'm going to sit at the back and I'm going to be mad when no one appreciates that I showed up. This is a dangerous, dangerous game to play with yourself and with the church. 
And I bet some of you gut folks have, have done this before. Others of you are gonna storm in there and you're gonna fix everything. This is dangerous. You're gonna go in there with your neck and your back pain, exhausted at the end of every day from all the right and wrong that's going along around. And you'll go to bed every night saying, why don't people listen to me? I can see a better way and no one listens to me. And I know it's right. Here's the problem. You got people who think like that. It's an illusion that you're right all the time. I know that it feels so pure coming out of you. How could anyone think any differently than this? But you need to remember, and you know this from history, all evil people have thought that everything they did was totally right. And you don't want to be one of those corrupted evil people. I know you don't. So beware of your sense of right and wrong coming in and pushing that on everybody. Uh, Other gut people are going to come at it this way. Okay, I'll serve. It's going to be on my terms. I'm going to do it my way. Keep your hand out. I don't need it. Uh, I, I don't need someone looking over my shoulder. I don't need someone trying to help me, manage me, equip me. You want me involved in your ministry? Get out of my way. I got this. If you can't get out of my way, then peace out. I don't need it. All right? Ah, the gut people giggle. That's what you're going to try. That is not how brothers and sisters serve together in the church. That's not how brothers and sisters serve together in the church. You won't get what God has for you that way. Now, each of these centers, we've only talked negative this morning, but each of these centers is also capable of good and noble and great ways to serve. And God has things for them in serving, and that's what I want to focus on here uh, in this last movement. So, head people, hear about the coffee bar. Here is when it's going well. When I'm a head person, I sign up for the coffee bar because I now know there are some things I cannot learn by reading about it. There are some things I cannot understand by observing from the outside. Some things, and God and the church are one of these, only can be known from the inside, from participating. Furthermore, through serving, God is going to make me more competent. Because some head people, frankly, you have not been very good at relating to people in your life. And so to be at a coffee bar and look someone in the face like they matter to God and engage with them and ask them what they want and provide that to them, even if it's just a donut, will make you a more competent human being, which is what God made you to be. And that's going to be good. That's going to be good. Other head folks will benefit greatly when they can see service in the church as being part of the communion of saints, a tradition that has gone on for thousands of years. A stable tradition, the church, which has saved millions of souls. And therefore, there's nothing to fear because God must be protecting it or it would not have lasted so long. So you're not alone and there's nothing to fear. God is in control. This has been going on a very long time and you are just stepping into the tradition, the next link in the chain. Head person people do well to think that way. Um, also, some head people can serve on a team and not need to flit anymore like a butterfly from this to that to the next because you realize the difference between being trapped and being committed. And now you can say, I'm committed to this team, but I'm not, I'm not trapped in it. I'm just committed to it. And God, through that, can bring you clarity. Just like Jesus Christ, who never needed to travel more than 50 miles from where he lived in order to know himself and know God perfectly. Everything he needed was there where he was. You can be content and committed that way. And those are the miracles that happen for head people through serving. Heart people. 
the miracles that happen to heart people through serving. So say I'm a heart person and I'm gonna go for that early childhood registration, helping check those kids into kids zone. Or no, early childhood. First thing that happens, can happen to a heart person is I realize I'm serving the least of these. I am serving the most vulnerable people in the church, infants and toddlers. And you know what? They're not capable of thanking me. And that's just fine because Jesus said, when you serve the least of these, you are actually serving me. When you let these little children come to me, you're reflecting God's heart. And so now I do this and I don't need thank you cards and big shows of appreciation. There are no strings attached anymore in my serving. Other folks, uh, heart people can bring their contribution and they don't need an awards banquet afterward. They don't need people to talk about it at their funeral. You make your contribution and as I said before, when things go well in the church, you don't get credit for it. And when things go poorly in the church, you don't get the blame. Now I finally realize it's God's church. It was never mine. Sometimes it might be ours, but it's never mine. And a heart person can flourish in, this, in that type of serving. Also, some heart people will realize, I do bring a uniqueness. I do bring some special things to the church. But also, there is a beauty in me in that I am also ordinary. There's a beauty in the fact that I am also, in many ways, like everyone else. And when I, I can actually serve and do ordinary things. I can let someone else be special. That is a strength and a beauty as well. There is a beauty in my ordinariness, and I can do that. So I will, I will check kids in to early childhood, and I will be able to see the beauty in that it's very plain and something, yes, probably a lot of people could do. But I'm just like a lot of people. It's a freeing thought for a lot of heart folks. Gut people. So you're going to be involved in FUSE, 5th through 8th graders. You think, okay, I'll be an assistant group leader. The redemption for a gut person is when you say, and I will depend on the team. I will, I will trust that other people will do their part. And I don't have to intimidate them into holding up their end of the bargain. I don't need to go into meetings and try to control the whole room with kind of awkward displays of power. I do that sometimes. Um... I, I don't need to take away other people's ministry if they're not doing it well because I now realize this is not a fight for my survival. God protects the church and God is protecting me. And if this ministry isn't everything I think it could be, that's okay. It's okay because God is in control of this and he's working with everyone. I am protected. I don't need to fight for my own survival. Uh, other gut people will be able to come and engage. I can come and the real me can show up. I don't need to hide my emotions. I don't need to shrug my shoulders, fade back, sit back, act like I don't care. I can come and be engaged. In fact, when I go into that fifth grade, I'm planning on standing up and worshiping with the kids while they worship, not standing at the back. I'm gonna, when they do an art project, I'm gonna do the art project with them. When we go to seminary station, I'll raise my hand and ask a few questions. I'm gonna demonstrate to these kids, through my engagement, that faith is worth engaging in. And this is a journey, hey, we're on together. And finally, I'm a whole person. I'm the person God made me to be. Other gut people will be able to do one of the key things Jesus said to do, stop judging everyone. Stop judging everyone. I can serve without having to fix it all. 
I can serve without resenting those who resist my fixing. I can realize um, right and wrong feels a certain way to me, but that doesn't always make it so. I can also uh, realize when I signed up to be a full participating member, I gave a vow that I would protect the peace and the purity of the church. And that's what I'm doing. I'm protecting peace by letting other people be what they are and letting myself be what I am, not getting down on them when they don't do what I think is right, not getting down on myself when I get angry and embarrass myself. I'm just a person and they're just people. And we're all walking with God. And uh, through this, gut people find serenity. When they lay down their weapons, they find, they find wholeness and peace. So for the last several weeks, we've been offering uh, all of you different opportunities to serve. Today, we're going to show you some opportunities that happen in our fuse, fifth through eighth grade ministry. So we want to watch this in an attitude of prayer, saying, Lord, are you calling me to teach me about you through this, to help me make my contribution through this, to leave a legacy and be involved uh, in the right things through this? If you don't feel that at the end of this video, well, you know, come back next week. We'll have different ministries we'll show all the time, but let's be open to God right here in this moment to say, is this how you want me to experience the power that you can only give me by gathering and serving? Is this the one? So let's watch this together. Hi, my name is Jason Leahy, and I'm the director of Fuse which meets upstairs during second service for all students of grades 5 through 8. Fuse is a place of story and gathering. It's a community designed around the needs of middle school students where they can be listened to and cared for by a village of adults and where they can enter into the story of God. Our middle school kids live in a world of signals, telling them that they aren't smart enough or pretty enough or fast enough. And they're starting to get to an age where they look around and they understand that the world is not always what it ought to be. Fuse is important because it tells a new story where they find their identity as children of God and where they learn that this God is making all things new. There are three main parts to a few service. Large group, worship, or games, where they can cut loose or reflect the heart of God. Small groups, where they're listened to by caring adults. And stations, where students will go through a five-week journey through a Bible story using a variety of learning modes and styles. The stations are designed to be both meaningful and fun. The students will engage the story hands-on through the highly immersive experience station. They'll learn and study the story more academically in the seminary station. In Game Station, they'll study its chronology or approach it through object lesson. They'll review key ideas, people, or events in Quiz Station. And finally, approach the story in a more contemplative, prayerful way during sacred space. The beauty of creating the Fuse leadership environment is that we each take a small piece of a puzzle, and when you put it together, it makes a very powerful whole. Typically, leaders serve every other week in one of two roles. If you really like connecting with the kids and you're a great listener, then your fit might be with our small group side. If you like teaching or walking kids through the stories of God, then you might be an excellent station leader. 
In deciding whether or not to join the Fuse team, you really need to answer just one of two questions. One, can you authentically listen and care for kids right where they're at? Or two, can you help facilitate lessons that walk kids through the stories of God? If the answer to either of these questions is yes, then you're needed on the Fuse team. And we invite you to come be a part of a community that surrounds our kids in love. My name is Jason, and I am the director of Fuse Upstairs. Um, and I want to just tell you, as we said in the video, that um, there's a million reasons to serve in Fuse, and Garrett did an outstanding job kind of talking about the fears that people have and what you have based on your center. And um, I just want to say that I think with, with all three of these, the main thing is that in middle school especially, people just need love. And for a middle school student, what love often looks like is consistency and commitment. So just being there, signing up for the team. And whether or not you're thinking it's, you know, the right thing to do, and maybe you'll join the Fuse, or you're needed, or it's what we're all supposed to do, uh, all those reasons are actually all true for Fuse. And so I just want to read something that I got from a student um, that was in eighth grade. And um, I know, I just like what he said, and I think it was kind of meant to be a thank you to everybody. I always get the thank yous, but this is really meant for the people that serve on my team. I see some of you out there now, and our congregation. And he said this, I wanted to say thanks. My parents are having a hard time right now, and the worst part is that they really have no place to go for help. You see, they don't trust people, and I can't blame them. They've told me stories. They had hard backgrounds growing up. They even had a hard time growing up in church. Not me, though. All I've known growing up is love. They don't know love, and I know love, and that's because of the people at Lakeland. Thank you. And that's what we need. And really, for this kid to write this story was leaders that just showed up and listened in small groups or taught in the stations, and we try to do everything we can to make it easy so that we can come together as a team and walk together to influence these kids' lives. And ultimately, we're with them just an hour or so a week, but I think most of our volunteers and the kids say it's the best hour of your life, right? I mean, think of all the things, all the important things we have to do, and I think coming together and being the church for each other on Sunday morning is still our most, it's still our most important hour. And so consider that. Consider that when you're thinking about today. So someone can bring that card to you at the kiosk, or if they've got to run out today, you just give it to an usher as they're leaving, and it'll find its way to you. That's correct. Okay, great. Thank you so Thank much, you. Jason. Thank you. All right. Looks like we uh, will be ending a little early today, so... Take, uh, t- do, t- do take the first five minutes after service today to introduce yourself to someone you've not met before. Maybe you, here's what I do. I get to know people, and then I realize, wow, we talk a lot, and I don't, still don't know their name. Oops. So uh, just say that. Just say, you know what? We've gotten to be kind of friends, and I've skipped the first name part. You kind of got away from me. And just ask, you know, okay, so my name's Garrett, and how, how many years have you been at Lakeland? And some folks will say 19, and some folks will say, oh, it was my first day. And, uh, but uh, definitely want to give our kids all the way till 10.15 to finish up the, the story and the stations that they're on. So if you've got kids up there, go ahead and let them finish. 
Okay, let us stand together. This is normally where we have a blessing and a benediction, but I want to go back to those confession prayers that we prayed and give you another chance to pray those, maybe with some new zeal and some new understanding, and now with some specialization. This first prayer is for those of you who identified yourself as head people. So for those of you who are head people, you think, I know you're not sure yet, just give it a try, and we'll, uh, we'll pray it together. Are you ready? I let go of my need for security and survival. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Whom shall I fear? All right, heart people. This is us. I let go of my need for approval and affection. Welcome. Come, Holy Spirit. Only you, Lord. And for your gut, folks. I let go of my need for power and control. Welcome. Come, Holy Spirit. I bend my knee to you. May God bring you peace and love and safety. Go in peace.